Hi, my name is Desiree. And my name is Jade. And welcome to the Tin Canular Podcast. This is a show all about our unfiltered opinions and unsolicited advice. Every week, we'll discuss a topic that applies to our lives that we think deserves some attention. It's going to be a mixture of our serious thoughts, stupid ideas, wild conspiracies, ridiculous anecdotes, and more. So whether you want to learn from our mistakes, be comforted by our thoughts, or if you're just in the mood to chat, we've got the show for you. Before we begin, let's get a quick disclaimer out of the way. Remember that this is just a podcast. We are not experts in anything. And a lot of what we say, if not most of what we say, is said in jest. Listener discretion is advised. Are you recording? I am recording now. No. Okay. Of course, immediately there's a plane going by. You know, and that's so funny. It's so loud that I thought that that was outside my window. I thought it was no. It actually is. It's a car. It's a car. They're like they're <laughs> they're speed. They're actually like speeding down the road. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's like Fast and Furious out there today. All of a sudden. Oh, I love that. Fast yeah. and Furious, London. Um, <laughs> let's, yeah. Like, I feel like, is that not a movie? Like, it's, is there not a Fast and Furious like London set in like, London? Like, no, they're like they're not. literally like ten Fast and Furious at this point. I would not be surprised. You know what? I saw one of the Fast and Furiouses and it was really good. Yeah. Fast and Furious only... 6. Fast and Furious 6 is, they're scattered across the globe. Some of them are in London. Are in London. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Hi, guys. Me acting as if I knew that. Oh, hi. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey. How are you? Welcome back. Uh, sorry. Don't mind us. We're just talking about the Fast and Furious movies. Um, which as we normally I, do. Yeah, I've only seen one and I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, weirdly enough, yeah. Yeah, no, I quite enjoyed it as well. The one that I saw, it was like super emotional is the one where um, Paul, oh God, what's his last name? Walker. Yeah, the one where Paul Walker um, unfortunately passed away. And I, I, for some reason, I was so moved by Paul Walker's death, even though I've never watched Fast and Furious before ever in my life, <laughs> that I went out to theaters and I watched it and it stayed with me. I was so hurt that this guy was gone. <laughs> Um, like for some, like, and I was like, literally, I was like, like as emotional as like everyone who had been watching Fast and Furious for like literally their entire lives. So oh unnecessary, God. like just so emotional well, for no reason. It's an emotional moment. Do you know what? I actually, um, I'll say I went to a bar mitzvah this weekend. Um, I do not know the young man. Well, I know him now relatively. Um, the young man whose, whose day of honor it was at the temple ceremony. Like I started to cry. <laughs> Because it was like emotional. Yeah, something a, like that is emotional. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. There's, there's. It's like a boy it's so coming funny. of age. Yeah. That's Hello. Yeah. Oh my god! And everyone was speaking so highly of him. I was like, what a good, what a great little boy. <laughs> I think like <laughs> there's something to be said like for. I actually think I get more emotional about things that have nothing to do with me than the things yeah, yeah. that do have something to do with me. Yeah. It's like. I have no business watching an old man feed some pigeons on the street, but I turn my head and I, I bite my lip holding back tears. Right. Right. I actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because there was something on my mind today where I was like, this thing that is happening is making me emotional and I do not know why. So I don't know if there's other, you know, yoga girlies out there in the ether that are listening, but are there certain poses that you do that like kind of make you emotional? I'm actually going to pose that question to you, Jade. Have you ever gotten emotional over a pose? 
a let's while. Be, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> it's been a while since I did yoga. Um, getting emotional over a yoga pose. Mm, I feel like that's a you thing. Let me I'm explain. Gonna t- <laughs> oh, I'm going to limb. <laughs> Let me explain, because I don't know what it is, but there are two poses that actually make me want to sob. And I'm mm. like, do I have some sort of underlying, like some sort of suppression sort of thing that I'm doing? Oh my God, like, a- like on TikTok where it's like, if you stretch, stretching your hips might open up unreleased trauma. Like I you're doing something like that. I swear to God, I swear <laughs> to God, because it's, it is my hips. Like it's like the hip openers where I feel like not necessarily like huge amount of emotions, but like a huge, like gush of relief. What gets me crying? And I swear to you, and I know there's someone out there listening to this that is like, she sees me shoulder stretches. So say I'm like on the ground, I'm on my belly. I have one arm stretched out to the side and I roll over like on that side where my arm is stretched out and it's stretching yeah. out my shoulders. I sob. Yeah. I sob like a fucking I, baby. To me, Desiree, that is telling me that you are, maybe you're more tense and like In my, needing yeah. to cry than you think and you're stretching maybe. your shoulders and you're like relaxed. Cause that to me, like the neck area, it makes sense to me that you would get like store a lot of tension there yeah and that if it was like released you would start to cry that makes sense yeah like i feel like it's maybe it's just like a a huge like gush of relief yeah where yeah it is so weird i literally i'm actually so insecure about it because i will literally do that (laughs) pose and i will actually start to sob and i'm like why are you why am i why are you sobbing it's so weird i am trying to think i think i've had stuff like that I've had that with singing before, and this has actually been very, very mm. embarrassing. Like, you're mm. in, like, rehearsals for something, and you're singing, and for some reason, like, it's it's getting me. Like, I'm putting yeah. my whole heart into that performance. Your entire and, vagina. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get I'm it. I'm putting my whole jade vocal cordices into yes. that, into that performance. performance. And for some reason, even if it's not an emotional song... It, gets me or I've, I'll have this if I hear really good singing it, like, oh, yeah. it can make me cry it can make me cry yeah um, but um exercise I had it once when I was running I was mm. once running I did like an hour-long run and by minute 34 I started to cry uncontrollably but it was almost like elation like I was really happy I, ah. it was like joy joyful tears like because yeah like there's that thing that's like runner's high I've never experienced it but yeah. apparently, like, I don't know, maybe that's, like, a runner's high kind of thing. It's so strange, maybe. like, how, like, yeah. I don't know, like, your physical, doing physical stuff just makes you emotional yeah. in, like, weird ways. I'm a big crier. Um, you're less of a crier. Uh, but I'm more of a crier now, I feel like. Than in, you in, used to be? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Did I tell you? I have a cry log. I literally log every I have time a, I cry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Okay. So I saw someone do this on TikTok and then my uh-huh. friend, actually one of my friends, I'm sorry for the loudest plane ever. The <laughs> listeners now know to just deal with it. Um, one of my friends, I saw her post something about her cry lock and she had like tallied up the percentage of like each thing that made her cry. Like what percentage oh, responsible kind of like was a- it? Like a, a pie chart, wrapped, like a wrapped yeah. kind of thing, yeah. like Spotify wrapped, but like crying wrapped. Yes. Yeah. And it was yeah. like a pie chart. It was like situationship. 50% of my cries of 2022 were over my situationship. Or like I felt this that. much was that. Felt. So 
I saw that and it inspired me. So I have recently, when the new year started, I started a cry log. How long have you been doing it for? So I've been doing it now since February, February of last year. So I didn't know literally, that. Yeah. And in, in a couple of weeks, it'll be a year since I've started my cry log. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. And so I learned so much about myself because I always considered like, for some reason I cry and then I forget that I cry. Um, yep. oh, but yeah. I always, yeah, like it, it's just like, oh yeah, that's just something that I did. But for some reason I've always considered myself someone who's like, oh yeah, maybe I cry once every two months. That is such a lie. That is such a lie. I cry on, I think my average so far for 2022 from February to December is I cry every eight days. Yeah. I, yeah, I like every my, week. <laughs> mine has been illuminating because I, <laughs> <laughs> I like it was like January 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th in a row every day. I cried. Oh, wow. And it's wow. so funny because I was like, oh, I'm not like, you know, I, I cry a lot, but I cry like once a week. No, like yeah. I will cry like every day, like a little something. will. And I, I'm counting, I'm by the way, I'm counting tearing up, but like I'm a crier. I'm a big crier. Like I get emotional easy. Yeah. Very I mean, easy. I count, I count tearing up as well because it's still like a little bit of a release in some way even if like no teardrop actually goes rolls down the cheek like i yeah. don't know the fact that i've welled up is like it, it, counts. it counts it counts it counts it does yeah let us know you guys are you guys criers like is it is this a are the tin cannular listeners highly sensitive people just generally mm-hmm. speaking yeah i mean I think it would be interesting. It would be interesting if everyone were to do like a cry log to see how often they cry. Just because I yeah. genuinely didn't realize that I cried every week. Like, yes, I never knew that was a thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like insane. But I, I think it's healthy for me. I think we've talked about this in in university. I used to say, you know, I'm not doing well if I haven't cried in a long mm, time. If yeah. I can't remember the last time I cried, it means I'm so stressed out. And like out of tune with my feelings. Um, and that's a bad thing for me. Like frequently yeah. crying means I'm doing pretty well because I'm feeling things. I'm like letting them take space. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. Would you say that you're, cause okay, you're a Pisces. Mm-hmm. I am. I, can I would say you're an emotional person. Yeah. But I'm not sure that I would classify you as sensitive per se. I'm so sensitive. You think, well, be, okay, how about this? You have mm-hmm. a thick skin though. You have a yeah. tough skin. Like, like yeah. it's not, I don't think it's, hmm, actually it's difficult. I don't know. You, you have a thick skin. I do have a very thick you skin. You are an yeah. emotional, emotional sensitive person. Yeah. yeah. But I have a very thin skin. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. Have, have we unlocked this story? Have we I haven't said unlocked it? this have, story. I've yeah, never I told the story guy. of thin skin. Oh, you guys, I'm so <laughs> sorry I've never for told saying. the story of thin skin. Oh, I'm so sorry. On this sorry podcast, for Jade, are you term? serious? Oh, I've never no. told the story of thin no, skin. No, you didn't. You oh, told my it on God. Into the Void. Okay, okay, so I have you to guys, tell the story of yeah, thin skin. I'm sorry I'm, for saying yeah, thin skin. Like, you literally just activated story time guys i I literally had the worst it is to date it is the worst nightmare i've ever had in my entire life it is so bad caitlin is listening to this episode and when i said thin skin i know she went oh for christ's sake i know she's mad you guys this story this story plagued our household in in university because it it had desiree so messed up 
I was so I was fucked up for like weeks because of this dream that I had because I was so convinced. I'm gonna tell like the short sort of nutshell story of it. I'm not gonna give you guys. I'm gonna give you the details where it counts. But basically, one of my worst dreams I've ever had. I was in university. It was fourth year, and for some reason, I don't know why, I decided to have like the most horrific sort of visualization of a ghost or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, you know when you have those dreams where you you're not really aware that it's a dream. It's like you're in your bedroom. Everything seems normal. Like your day was just like, it's been going fine. Like everything just seems fine. You're not aware that you're in a dream. Anyway, that's the kind of dream that I was having. And so it's the end of the day and I go to my bedroom. For some reason in my dream brain, I have recollection and I know that I share a bed with a little girl. For some reason, that's a normal thing. So I go home, I go to my bedroom, and of course, the little girl is there like every other day. Hi, little girl, how are you? Yeah, (laughs) things are okay. And so I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I slip into bed, and I'm like, good night, little girl. And she's like, actually, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, what do you want to talk to me about? And she's like, I'm so tired of like walking around this town and not being like noticed, people not like taking me seriously. And I was like, (laughs) oh like what's what's happening and the thing is is like my dream goes from like color to now it goes to like a grayscale. it goes to black and white now so it's like more color into, is draining like it's draining, draining. <laughs> it is draining and also i have sleep paralysis so she is literally my sleep paralysis demon at this point in time i'm laying on my side and i'm looking at her she's getting scarier looking and like black and white as like time goes on. And I'm trying to get out of the bed to leave her alone. And I can't. I'm literally just face to face with with this girl. And so we're going to get to the thin skin part in a minute actually right now. So she's like, I, I'm, I'm thinking of ways to finally get attention in this town. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And she's like, people are going to listen to me. People are going to know who I am if I thin my skin. And I was like, what do you mean? What are you going to do? How are you going to thin your skin? And she literally gets her little girl nails and she starts to literally say, I'm going to dig and dig and dig. And she's digging into her face, literally thinning her skin with her nails. And and it's literally just, and dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. And literally just gets like, it gets to a point where it like reaches this crescendo. I wake up but I still have sleep paralysis. So I'm literally oh on my, my side, like how I was on in my dream. But the little girl obviously isn't there and I cannot move for like a solid probably 30 seconds. And then when I come to, I'm like, oh my God, thin skin visited me. And so I told, I, I went, I told Jade and I told Caitlin about thin skin. She and they was wish the I town didn't. crier. She was the <laughs> town crier. And, it was, and by the way, the way that she tells that story, it was the same the first time I heard it. And it's the same now. When the, it, literally the intonation of her going, Dig and dig and dig and dig. And I wish you could see this, you guys. She does this little motion where she's taking her her hands in like a very claw-like fashion, like lobster claw-like fashion, up to the bottom of her eye, all the way down to her her chin. Like, and just like, digging. Dig and dig, yeah. And that's um, how she was thinning her skin. And so that's the story of thin skin. So, yeah, like, I, yeah. I, now, I, I know you wish you never said that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well... It was a visitation. It was yeah. an important visitation at that. She got our attention. She did. Uh, the fact that I said the term thin skin and immediately gasped immediately. because I knew what I had done. <laughs> um, I was like, here we go. That's I'm actually so, so iconic. That's yeah. so iconic that you gasped and immediately I was like, yes, thin skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's pretty insane. It's a pretty immense tale. Um, and I cannot believe that we told the thin skin story on an episode about perfectionism. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's the name of the game. This episode guys, <laughs> it's perfectionism. It's just like the, the way that it goes with this show. It's like, you guys come here for, you come here for one thing and you have to endure like 10 to 15 minutes of us talking about like, I don't know, Ariana Grande saying, get, just give me them babies. <laughs> you come, it's like, unfortunately it's the best we can do. Um, <laughs> Any like new listeners like listening in on this yeah, episode like, is like, what? what the hell are you guys talking about? It started yeah. off so tame about exercise yes. and crying and then dig and dig yeah. and dig and dig and dig. Yeah. Into yeah. digging into it's your a wild skin. Ride. It's a wild yeah. ride, guys. You know, this is what people talk about when, they, when they're like, I'm the type of feral girly who takes photos of myself when I cry. <laughs> the level of like... I don't even want to use the term feral. It might just be like mentally unwell that we're like, instead of talking about taking photos when we cry, we're like, oh yeah, I keep a cry log. Um, I can't wait to make a cry wrapped at the end of the year. Wrapped at the end of the year, yeah. And then we take a sharp left turn into a story about a little girl digging her skin (laughs) off of her face. (laughs) And now another sharp turn straight to perfectionism. Perfectionism. That's why you Um, clicked on this episode. You want to know about perfectionism. So we're here to give it to you. You want to talk about it. Maybe you suffer with it. Um, It's a very... uh, I mean, I doubt that any of you don't know what perfectionism is. We can uh, get into it a little bit, though. Um, The uh, dictionary from Oxford Languages, when you Google perfectionism, uh, defines it as a noun, meaning a refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. You probably know what perfectionism is. If you don't suffer from it in certain realms, you know someone who does. Um, it's when you need to do everything beyond the best. Uh, wait, it's when you need to do everything to beyond the best of your ability. That's what. I'm yeah, saying. you have to do things <laughs> so inhumanely, like impossible. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's me being like philosophical. It's inhumanely, inhumanely possible. possible. Yeah. It's a word. Yeah. When, when you are, when you, when your standard of operation is beyond what you can do in your, to the best of your ability. And it's instead set to a standard you have created or have absorbed from external sources that believe that, um, despite what is going on in your life, despite the parameters in which you are working, you need to be um, doing things or acting in a way that reaches what you have defined as perfect. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're going to structure this episode in, into two sections because when Desiree and I were talking about perfectionism, we were talking about how we felt as though there's kind of a distinction between what I was so pretentiously calling product perfectionism, which mm. is basically perfectionism as it applies to the things you make Um, So like work or art or, you know, projects, anything like that school um, versus personal perfectionism or inter slash intra personal perfectionism, which applies to uh, a want to be perfect in the way that you are in the relationships you have in a, in a very um, intrinsic personal way. So why don't we kick it off with product perfectionism, perfectionism in work, art, Mm -hmm. school, and let's, let's just dive in how is your relationship to perfectionism in what you, the things that you make or do Desiree 
Yeah, I feel like my situation definitely isn't a unique one. Like, you know, you guys listening, you're listening to two creatives um, yeah. who, you know, you know, you know, we we do we do our little creative things on the side um, to varying yeah. degrees. Um, and so what I do is I tend to like doodle and draw and basically make digital art and things of that sort um, when I'm good and ready. And I think I've struggled a bit because while it's like really, really it's a it's a necessary thing for me to do. Like I have to create art in in order to like be sane. Um, I don't I oftentimes don't actually think it's very good. And mm. so it's like weird because like it's it, I kind of feel like it's something that I do because I have to. But then when I look at the actual like the the product, I'm just like, but it doesn't look like the girlies on like my Instagram that like have like all of the followers and all of like the likes and stuff like that. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it doesn't look as, it doesn't look like theirs. So like, it almost makes you feel like, you know, if if it's not up to scratch, it's not perfect. I really shouldn't send it out. I shouldn't share it. Um, I should keep it to myself. And so it's something that I've been working on, like more in the creative realm where I'm like, you know, if I made it, it's good enough. Like it's good enough because I actually, I, it, it takes, you know, it, it, it takes considerable effort to have, a thought or, you know, a, you know, an idea and actually put, you know, pencil to paper and actually try and create that thing. And so I've been working on it. I mean, certainly, I certainly haven't, um, perfected, uh, how to like actually like get ahead of that sort of need for wanting, like, you know, my art to be a certain kind of way to be quote unquote perfect, but like, it's something that I'm continuously working on. And it's, it's just like a byproduct. I feel like of living in this, like, you know, digital age, not to sound like a boomer, but, you know, like (laughs) being able to see what everyone else is doing and comparing like, you know, your products to everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's so funny because like the thing about art is that when you have perfectionism in art and actually I guess in anything, like if you're a student and you're a supreme perfectionist over like your homework or your tests, or um, if you're at work and like you want every project to be really, really perfect, yeah. Oftentimes what ends up happening is less of a love for the thing you are doing or making and a want to bring it to a final stage and into fruition. Um, and instead what there is, is a, um, intense fear that it's just not good enough. Yeah. And I think that what's so kind of terribly ironic is that it only ends up reducing the chance that you even release something at all, like that you even, you know, go through with, your project or you, um, you know, do your homework well, because we freeze ourselves up. I had this with, with music. Like, I mean, you guys, it's taken me years to get to a place where I was finally just saying, okay, you know what? No song I ever make is going to be perfect. Um, but it can be like good enough. It can be good. And it's just going to have to be that. And I would say that my progress in terms of my like music and my career in that realm was significantly slowed by this very tyrannical perfectionism that said, you know, everything you do has to be meeting this unobtainable standard, at least unobtainable for, you know, the resources I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's so funny because we think of perfectionism, I think, as a, oh, I just really care about what I'm doing. But that's not true at all. You're no. just really, you're really afraid that what you're doing is going to say something about you about you not being talented or good enough or whatever. And it had, because if you truly loved what you were doing and that was the sole determinant in terms of like deciding why you work hard at it, you would be 
putting things out there, filling out your All homework. The time, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's so fear-based, I think. It absolutely is. I'm also going to take this time um, to have a little product placement. I don't know if you guys have already downloaded uh, Jade's song <laughs> on Spotify. Um, it goes by the name of All, and it's by Jade, J-A-D-E, period. Period. <laughs> Period. Um, and so I do think that you guys should take the opportunity right now to um, download it if you haven't already. She's and it actually, sweet. you know, and the thing is, it's, it's actually, it ties into this because like, obviously it's taken you such a long time to get to a point where you're like comfortable enough to release the music, the great music yeah. that you make. And it's like, it's so rewarding. It, it, like, especially in your case, it's so rewarding to have something like, you know, the fruit of your labor actually be put out there for you to be vulnerable in that way, to put it out there and it, for it to be received so well. Cause girl, like she's been doing, she's been doing well with the song y'all. Like Thank she's been, you. she's got the monthly listeners. She's too um, sweet. She's too So get kind. with the winning team. Get with the winning she's team. too kind. <laughs> she's too kind. I will pay you for that later as we've t- talked yeah. about for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just like, it's, it's funny because I think that really what perfectionism is, I mean, and this applies to both when it's about what you make or do and to who you are. It's yeah. so less about, it's so much less about caring about, you know, doing well. And it's everything to do with thinking that your self-worth is defined by what you're making. Yeah. Um, and it's such a dangerous pit to fall into because on one hand, it's super motivating. Like if your self-worth is on the line, of course you work your ass off on something and it's like never good enough because, oh my God, I have so much to lose. Yeah. <laughs> And at the same time, it's it's completely paralyzing and also a really sad way to think about yourself because, of course, you were much more than what you create. And that, that, amount, that amount of pressure to carry could never lead you to making the best art that you could make because you're, yeah. you're really, like, limiting yourself and, and uh, not not creating from a space of, like love and freedom yeah, and, fun. and uniqueness and stuff like yeah. that like you know half the time like the the songs that you hear or like the the drawings that you see uh wherever it is that you see those things on like they've been created in a unique way and they just so happen to be popular enough for people to like you mm-hmm. know like them in in you know full mass and stuff like that but the fact of the matter is is you you have the same thing out like literally the same thing over and over and over again like it's not giving what you think it's giving. Like yeah. people are not like human beings are genuinely not like, we're not actually built to the point where we're like, and I only want to see the same things. I only want yeah. to hear the same things. I only like yeah. want to eat the same things. Like there's like literally this whole, like, you know, universe of what can be created. And so much of what you think like that you're creating, um, wouldn't be applicable to somebody or wouldn't speak to someone. Like you have no idea who's out there and, and, why like you know like your unique sort of talents need to be shared with like a certain subsection of people and so that's something that I'm like trying to like um become more aware of but like I think it's interesting because I'm thinking of like Jade you in terms of your like academia and like literally the yes. kind of pressure that you would put on yourself like outside of the creative creative yeah, oh my sphere. god it was so yeah. bad Desiree can account literally this girl having was, lived with me I mean pressure Pressure yeah, was pressure very applied. High. <laughs> pressure applied very heavily. Because <laughs> like I, yeah, I don't know. I think that for me, it's it's an ongoing process separating self worth from accolades or like exterior success. 
um, and external success. It's, it's going to be a lifelong journey for me to really separate those things because I am really driven to think like, oh, well, you know, I'm, when I get like a really good grade on that, then I'll believe that I'm smart. Or yeah. like if I get a really, you know, if I get like a million listens to this song, then I'll believe that I make good music. And it's just very, it's like totally not the way to see, to navigate life. Because what you end up doing, I mean, as we talked about, like, it's just, you're actually working from a place of fear. It's, it's incompatible with caring about your work. It's actually antithetical to caring about your work. And it, it, it's more about, as Brene Brown would call it, she wrote this book called The Gifts of Imperfection. She calls it hustling for your worth. You're like, you're like grifting. You're kind of like trying to convince people, scheme people into thinking you're worthy of something when you should yeah. just innately be a wor- that, yeah. like worthy. Yeah. Um, but also like for instance with academia, it's the perfectionism is never fulfilled. Um, that's where I really felt that like no matter how hard I worked on something and no matter how many accolades I got on something, it was never enough. Um, with my dissertation, for instance, like I, that I think that's a good example. I would work, I worked on that for months and for hours. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of reading and hundreds of pages of notes and countless edits and sleepless nights, like just really dragging myself through the mud, like no regard, <laughs> bus, club, another bus, <laughs> no sleep. Like I had, <laughs> that's like the energy of what I'm saying. Absolutely. I had like, I just really like sacrificed my well being in order to like work on this project. And, um, it ended up, you know, when I turned it in, I didn't feel this wave of relief of, oh God, thank God it's over. Like, I am so proud of myself for putting in that work. What I felt instead was, oh my God, remember that one Tuesday afternoon where I took an hour long nap? I could have been working in that Mm. hour. And this Mm. dissertation is going to be not as good as it could have been because Because of of that, because of the nap I took, because of that one time I slept into 8am instead of 7am. That one time that I took a lunch break that was an hour longer than I expected it to be. And, um, it's just that perfectionism. It's never full. It's always hungry. It's really greedy and it wants to cling on to anything it can get to make you feel like you're not doing enough. Um, and that's just such a horrible place to be because I think the most we can ask of people is that they do the best within the parameters that they are operating. You know, it's the same. Like if you get a C or a D on a test, you slept terribly, you didn't eat breakfast, you were running late, you lost your phone and your keys and it was just a complete mess. And also you've been going through a lot personally that week. If you got a C or a D or whatever, maybe you almost, you like barely passed the test congratulations, you did it. You With, did and it. That was, the, that was the best you could do within the parameters you had. And perfectionism yeah. leaves no space for that sort of mindset. It, it says, no, it doesn't matter that X, Y, and Z happened to you. You should have been operating like a robot, 100% yeah. perfectly. Like, it's just awful. It's, it's yeah. never satisfied. Yeah, and, and that's the gross thing about it. It's gross that it's never satisfied and it starts at such a young age. Like, I yeah. feel like the the drive to be perfect especially in the academic world is like i feel like it like comes in like different stages right like you're in high school and you're like oh i need to get perfect grades so that uh-huh. i can get into the perfect university so yeah. here it is you you work your ass off i mean like jade like your high school experience you were like barely even getting like eight hours like you were not getting like a, the proper amount of sleep like, like four hours of sleep a night 
like insane. I was yeah. also beating myself up so much about like every little grade that I would get. Like, you know, like it, all of it was just counting towards me getting into the perfect, um, university. And once I got into the perfect university, then, you know, um, they all ran happily into the sunset and like yes, everything's fine. Yeah. And like, yeah. and that's, that's the mindset. Okay. Now, boom, we're in university. Now, um, your thought process is first year, you're probably like, you know, mucking around and stuff like that. But at some point or another, it gets real where it's like, wait, actually, I only have three years left to actually make something of myself because I have to get, I have to be perfect in university in order to land the perfect dream job. So now, like, it just kind of feels like that carrot that was dangling in front of you before that you were so close to in high school. Now you finally got that carrot, like, which is the university. Now it's placed further and further away. And so like, it's just kind of, it's, it's this terrible, violent cycle of being like, and once I get here, then I'll be able to, you know, live the perfect life. And it's kind of gross to think about how literally that never stops because now that like, okay, yeah, like I'm out of university, we're out of university now. Um, and I've landed a job. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good job. Like I feel pretty good about it. The, the need to be perfect still hasn't stopped. Like now mm-hmm. the carrot is just like gotten further away now where it's like, okay, well, I mean, what do I do with my life now? What is everyone else doing? Yeah. Their lives look perfect. Mine doesn't feel that way. I thought that I was going to feel like, you know, like I've hit this sort of nirvana and it's just yeah. never happening. And so, yeah, like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, ooh, that feeling is it ever going to go away? Like with our intention of trying to banish it, like it never will. We're literally, we live in a society. We live in a society, you know, and (laughs) we do, we live in a society and we're just like built to like want to be perfect. But yeah, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder or whatever Gandhi said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing though, right? Like, perfection is so stifling yeah and so omnipresent because we do live in a we do live in a society in a society I, and i'm yeah. just realizing right now that right. we are currently what we do like having people and having culture and like yeah. standards and and norms like that yeah. is a society it's a society um, no but we we live in a society that frequently profits off of our perfectionism oh um and also um you know, in an economic sense, in a political sense, in a governing sense, like it's very helpful for people in power to make you feel as though you are never good enough so that you run yourself into little circles over the most menial things. And you have no time to, to devote to, um, you know, bigger on ongoings. Let me get there though. I'll, I'll let Mm -hmm. that sit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I'll let that one sit. But it, it's, it's just, it's perfectionism is so stifling because, um, you know, like I was saying, what's so funny is that if you, I don't, I don't know, I think when we are perfectionists, what we're so concerned about is that if we let go of the stranglehold that we have mm-hmm. over our own expectations, if we like ease them up a little bit, then we're going to completely fall off the wagon and be lazy and not do anything yeah. or our, our art's going to be terrible and we're never going to commit to it or care about it. And right. it's so funny because actually perfectionism's best friend, best fucking friend is procrastination because yeah. you are terrified. You are terrified Absolutely. of doing wrong and you are terrified of doing anything. So it's like, well, I'm just going to sit on my ass and do nothing. And that makes you more anxious and more of a perfectionist. Yeah. 
when you steer into the skid and you say, actually, you know what? I've been working really, really hard and this might be the best I can do. It's probably when your work, your art, everything you're, you need to do will thrive the most. It's probably when you will be the best student, you're going to be the best you know, worker, the best artist, just because you let yourself breathe. And that's yeah. like, that's the thing that we don't notice is that we are actively taking away our best tool, which is the tool with which we balance our work and our personal life and, and our, our viewpoints on the stuff we're doing. Um, but what you were talking about does, right. It really does make me think about like the personal element of perfectionism as well. Yeah. I feel like if you'd be interested in going to that section of oh, it, yeah, I would I mean, too. Cause guys, I think, I can... Yeah, yeah, we can go I, on and on about that. <laughs> I, feel I like. think, yeah, a lot of people our age, I mean, obviously, like, a yeah. lot of people our age are in university or working or, um, you know, make creative as well and, like, understand that struggle. But I think I would assume that almost anyone who's specifically, you know, in the 20, 22 to 25 range understands this feeling of, am I not living a life that is good enough? Like, yeah. Is it not perfect enough? Am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, like is, is the way the trajectory of my life going the way that it should. And so, yeah, like kind of like bouncing off of what I was talking about in terms of like, I don't know, having this carrot dangled in front of you before, like it's so, it's so structured when it comes to academia and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, you know, like in, in a few short years and four short years, I will have the perfect, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, but once you get out of that now, it's like, okay, wait, my life actually fully depends on the decisions that I make. Um, no one's actually making them for me. Um, and so I actually have to decide where my life is going to be going and I don't know where it's going to be going, but it better be perfect because yeah. everything else that I've been working for in my previous years of life, I've been aiming for the perfect so-and-so. So now it's like, okay, so what the hell, what even is the carrot at this point? Like, you have to figure that out for yourself. And I feel like so much of like the personal element actually rears its ugly head. And I mean, obviously it's been there throughout your entire life. You've always wanted to be the perfect daughter or the perfect, you know, um, friend, the perfect girlfriend. Um, but I feel like it's actually quite like exacerbated after like in that kind of, in this phase of life, because there's just <laughs> very little to no structure, um, compared to where you were before. And also to like, now there are so many things that are preying upon your self-worth and, and, you know, in, in just a, in a worse way, it's who you're in a relationship with. Should you be in a relationship at all? Who are your friends? Do you guys all look banging when you go to the club? Do you take like yeah. amazing like pictures um, on Instagram? Are you making the girlies jealous? Um, your job, are you like working to like, you know, are you the most productive person that you can be? Um, you know, what does that say about you as a worker? Which then like, yeah. how does that define you as like literally a person of worth to like any sort of company and then of worth to any, to outside of that, like to yourself, like how worthy are you to even like be in the position that you have also is your position like not really good. Should you be moving on up? Should you be like, you know, promoted at this stage? Like there's so much, there's so many questions of like all this external stuff that is actually like, it, it feels like, it feels like it's just indicative of what's going on on the inside and it also like feels like a result of what's going on on the inside. And it feels like a, like, like almost like what I have on the external in, in these areas of life 
represent how worthy I actually do feel like inside. Um, yeah. And uh, there's, there's, there's many ways we can go with that one. I mean, like, I swear, like even like to, towards the physical self, um, yes. you know, looking a certain way, having the perfect clothes, all of that stuff, like everything has to be so perfect that you can lose yourself. Like you can absolutely oh. lose everything that's unique about you. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Um, really one thing that perfection perfectionism does is like it strips away authenticity, which sounds yeah. like a buzzword, but really I don't mean it like that. I mean like genuinely like the things about you that are very authentic and, and allow you to connect with other people. For instance, if, if we just take like a social situation, you know, We've talked before, I think in our very first episode, about how when you move to a city right after university and like a lot of people in your age range that you know you went to some schooling with or whatever have done the same thing, you look at their Instagram posts and their stories and everything and it seems like they are thriving. It's like one week in and they have their girly group, they have like the outfits, the best job in the world, the best apartment ever, endless supplies of money. fun all the time glamorous life and there you are and you're like on the couch you do not feel glamorous at all you don't have anyone to really go out with you feel lonely and sad and very isolated and broke now broke as hell yeah and broke (laughs) now the perfectionist in you would say well we have to strive for a life very similar to this and it would ultimately make you kind of cultivate an image of a life that is that way um, in which you might not even like the people you spend time with, but you like that they look a certain way. You like yeah. that they have certain amounts of money. You like that they like to do certain activities because you like the way that it makes you look. Yep. And what ends up happening is you live an even lonelier life. You know, who have you really connected with and who really knows who you are? If, if that's the way you're living life, it's like if, if life is a series of strategic moves to build an image, yeah. uh, you have no connection, no like authentic real understanding of someone and no one gets to have an authentic real understanding of who you are as well yeah yeah it's such a shame it's just a huge shame and it's you know that's the thing i kind of like the metaphor i said earlier where i said like perfectionism's best friend is um procrastination Mm -hmm. well she also she also hangs out in a circle with isolation Mm -hmm. uh and superficiality. They, they're yeah. all really good girlies. All right? yeah, they're, they're like, like besties. They, they got the girl group going. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so, it's so funny because we think that perfectionism is like kind of alongside ambition and a like hard work or good work ethic. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't fuck with her. They don't fuck yeah. with her at all. At um, but yeah, with like image and stuff, I think it's a really, I think that's a really um, obvious one that where we see like the downfalls of perfectionism and uh, how it relates to self-worth, you know, people will say like, Oh, I'll be beautiful or worthy of love or I'll start like dating or I'll start wearing that once I'm 20 pounds lighter or five pounds lighter or something like that. And it's just heartbreaking because unfortunately I hate to be the bearer of really, really shitty news but those people, when you're in a mindset like that, and I can say I've, I've been in mindsets like that where it's like, once I do X, Y, and Z, I will be worthy of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but so, so is everybody. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You get there. Let's say it's like a weight-related thing. It's like, oh, I want to be able to, I want to lose seven pounds. 
and then I'll be able to wear that dress and I'll start dating and I'll feel confident in myself. You lose seven pounds and there's a new problem that you've picked up on and you don't let yourself every time because every time no goal, there's no goal you can reach that makes you believe you are worthy of something. You just have to believe it. You have to say, you could say, Oh, I would maybe be interested in losing seven pounds, but that doesn't, you know, but I'm still great and wonderful and worthy and beautiful and all that shit right now. Yeah. Um, and unless you're capable of that, you'll never, it, you'll, it'll never be enough. And that's what's you'll so never. dangerous. Yeah. And you know, what's so weird about like perfectionism is like, it's one of those things that you see coming and like, yeah. it's so easy. It's so easy to be like, oh yeah. Like, of course, like I will never be the perfect artist. I will never be a Vincent van Gogh. I will never, <laughs> you know, I'll never, um, look like a supermodel or, you know, this, that, and the third. And so I should just accept that I'm mm-hmm. not perfect yet. Still, like it, it's such a perfectionism is still such a drive in like so many people's lives, and I'm speaking about myself. Like, where my perfectionism is like, like literally such a weird kind of um way that it comes out. What is like in the way that I decorate my home, like oh, interesting, <laughs> for some reason, which is so strange. Like, I will say as soon as I have this piece, and I get this like you know this piece of decor then it's gonna feel like home everything's gonna be perfect and i will just like live this i will lead this amazing cozy lifestyle (laughs) right that's just the way that things are but then i get the certain item i get the certain piece it's supposed to complete everything and then Mm -hmm. i'm like ah but you don't have x or you don't have y and you don't have z so how are you supposed to feel like homey and like at home in a place when you you don't even have this thing that you don't even need (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, you know and so like it's weirdly enough that's how my perfectionism like lately has been popping up in uh my space um which is so so strange the more things that i get the more that i'm like and i want more and i want more because it's not enough it's not and it's crazy it's crazy i'll have it with I'll have these moments where I have to remind myself to like take it easy on myself. Yeah. Um, I have it a lot with like, um, it, I mean a lot with art, a lot with, I mean in every realm, but I think a yeah. kind of easy example to explain is let's say I'm in the gym or something. It's my nature will be like to set a new crazy goal. I'm like, yeah. I want to be able to run a mile in this time. And now that's my goal. And I, once I hit there, then I'm like athletic. Yeah, And then I get there and I'm like, well, that's not fast enough at all. There's people who are doing that in half the time. Or right. there are people who are lifting like twice that amount of weight or whatever. And I have to remind myself like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why do we go to the gym? Right. Yeah. <laughs> are you a competitive athlete? Do we need to bring this competitive, aggressive energy to this space for yourself? No. Yeah. I'm doing this because I like it. It's nice. It makes me feel good. I have fun. And I'm no longer making it fun for myself. So what is the point, right? Yeah. And then I have to like actively take a breath and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We were, we were getting caught up there for a second. Like, you know, and it's, it's that moment where you have to remind yourself like, this is not my job. This is not my career. This is not my life. My life like, doesn't depend on this. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I will get it over like goals as well. Um, let's say my goal is to read like two books a month. And like, I am nowhere, like my progress on book one is slower than I thought it was going to be. And oh God, that's going to leave me one week to finish book two. And I start to get like so crazy about it. And then I remind myself, I'm like, hold on. 
what is the point of reading? <laughs> right. Why right. do we like to, to read? Are you a competitive speed reader? Right. No. Yeah. It's something you enjoy. You learn something. You have a little escapism. We are sucking the joy out of so much of our lives by being so strict about it and by like utilizing that perfectionism. I mean, we don't utilize perfectionism. Sorry. It runs us. Yes. And it is so like I said before, stifling. And it just sucks the point out of everything. I mean, it's like the point of making art is to be vulnerable and make something cool that you like and you enjoy and it's not perfect and that's half of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and when perfectionism's there, that's gone. And it's as though like it's life or death. Like someone has a gun to the back of your head and it's like, if this is not perfect. And it's at the end of the day, like yourself. It's that yeah. Kermit the Frog meme where he's the one with the... Like, yeah. <laughs> It's just like, it's, it's a curse. It's really a curse. It is it's a really curse. curse. Have you ever, Jade, have you ever had an experience where someone was inflicting their perfectionism onto you, which was then sort of like, um, which was then activating your perfectionism? I feel as though this happens to me a lot, especially, yeah. I, and I especially feel it in areas in which I've made big strides to be less of a perfectionist. Right. Because, oh, be, that's because big. you can feel, you can mm-hmm. feel that that feeling is getting threatened. Right. Right. So, um, I'll have that feeling a lot. Um, I mean, I would have it in university a lot. Sometimes yeah. I was like, I'm just going to let that essay go. That essay is going to be what it was. And yeah. we're going to be okay with it because I actually don't have the energy to beat myself up over it. It's only going to make my next essay worse. I'm only going to paralyze myself with fear. And you'd be talking to other people who are like, oh my God, like I didn't eat and I didn't sleep and I was like, you know, stressed out and crying all night about it and I'm so stressed. And then when they get the grade back, they get like an amazing grade and you get like a grade that's not as good, but you're still happy with yours. And then they're like, oh my God, I did so bad. I got a 98%. And like that, it, it does feel like the enforcement of their perfectionism on onto you. you. Yeah. And it is stressful to me personally. Like I do feel yeah. it stresses me out or it, it, it used to really like make me question if I was, wow, like, oh, should I have been worse to myself over that? Yeah. You know? So I've had yeah. that. How about you? Yeah, no, I, it, it's happened to me and it's actually like happened fairly recently where I've like made a certain decision um, and it's interesting because if people feel insecure about that specific like sort of situation, they will go ahead and reflect that onto you and be like, are you sure you want to make that sort of decision? Are you, you know, have you thought about it completely or like say, okay, like this is a random sort of example, but say you're talking about your finances, right? Say um, you are maybe a little bit more frivolous with your spending. Or you like to, I don't know, you just like to spend your money on more sort of, I guess, uh, more free-spirited things. I'm totally not talking about myself at all. I'm not talking about myself at all. But you have a, yeah, no, not at all. But you have a friend who is just like way more um, quote-unquote sensible with their money. Like, you know, like they're they're just in a position where they feel very, uh, like just they feel very um, much in a position where they need to just like, I don't know, like be more conservative with their money and things of that sort. So the thing is, is the both of you guys are getting on very fine. And like, I like each of you have your own little struggles and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, like 
you did make the wrong decision and you spent money where you shouldn't have. <laughs> but right, at the right, end of the right, day, right. like, but at the end of the day, everything's totally fine. And like, you know, the months go by and like, there's no like actual sort of like terrible um, thing that has happened. What I've found is like in a situation such as that, some people from the outside, from some people who don't live the life that you live and don't understand your needs and your wants and like just the things that make you happy um, to like a full extent will then kind of look in on your life and make question like question why it is that you do the thing that you're doing because you don't do it in the way that they are doing it and they derive some sort of security some sort of happiness um because of the way that they do it but they then kind of project onto you like okay you're not doing it the way that i'm doing it so i think you're doing it wrong however you kind of know deep down inside that that's something that you need to do because you're the only one who's living your life and you know exactly yeah. how you need to live it to be happy. Yeah. Um, and so that's something like very similar that I've gone through lately where, and it's no, it's no hate and it's no, like it's, it's, it's no, it's no sort of like, um, there's no bad blood when things like that happen, but I have to make the decision to actually like completely say, no, this is the way that I do things. This is the way that I'm choosing to, it's not the perfect way. It's not the way, you know, in which, like, I, I guess, like, I don't know, uh, mainstream, the way that mainstream people do whatever it is that they do, but I have yeah. to make the decision for myself because I have to be happy. And the way that you do it, it just wouldn't make me happy. And at the end of the day, I'm totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. A hundred percent. What I will say is that misery loves company. Uh-huh. So when people feel maybe insecure about something in their lives or they feel like, you know, they're not so whimsical in certain areas, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They like to make you feel insecure for being that way. Right. Because, and what it really is, is that it's a very isolating and lonely place to be to feel as though you are so harsh on yourself. Yeah. And it feels like the way out is to know someone else who is that harsh on themselves and is actively practicing. Mm-hmm. When instead you could just choose to be you know, grateful that that other person like has the enjoy, has enjoyment in like being frivolous yeah. with spending or something. Yeah. Um, that's really, I think that's something we talked about before when we've talked about perfectionism is that really the antidote to it is gratitude yeah. as with many things in life, like just taking a moment to be grateful for what you do have, what you can do, uh, the successes you do have and have, uh, the standards you have met, um, and like how lucky you are probably to even concern yourself with, oh man, like I should have gotten a 99% and not a 98. I mean, there are people who live with food insecurity and it, yeah. like, it sounds so like, it sounds so like there are starving kids in Africa. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, I don't mean it in that way. I don't mean, oh, you shouldn't feel bad because other people have it worse. I mean more like, it's really good to remember that despite all of your perceived shortcomings, you know, Mm -hmm. that you aren't acting on some perfect unobtainable scale, you know, you still have so much to speak for, you know, you have so much going on, you know, and, and, and we, we forget that because we get really hung up on the things we don't have or that we're not doing. And comparison Um, truly is like the stealer of like all things joyful. Like at the end of the day, if you're sitting there being like, I'm comparing myself to this perfect, perfect sort of model of what it is that I should be doing. You're never going to get any sort of enjoyment out of anything that you're doing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. 
Imperfectionism, you know, it doesn't allow for nuance either. And that's really like a shame. I mean, it's just like either you're good or you're bad and either you did good or you didn't do good. And um, what it ends up creating is just this really harsh, like dictator in your head. Yeah. And this is when, when people really struggle with, as I said before, like procrastination or like feeling lazy. A lot of the times those people are some of the biggest perf- perfectionists in the world. And yeah. what's happened to them is that they are just so paralyzed to move in any yeah. direction that they are completely blocking any path of action that they could have at their disposal. It's like, if I can't do it perfectly, so I won't do it at all. And yeah. it's just no life to live. And and additionally, it also means like you'll end up, if you have a perfectionist mindset for your personal life, you have relationships with people, friendships. Friendships aren't always perfect. You have fights with people sometimes. Sometimes you all are going out and you do not look banging. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, you just don't. You just don't. Sometimes. <laughs> okay. And that's okay. And like, to, to presume that that's the way it should not be, to even have that concept of should in your head, mm-hmm. it just kills it kills the enjoyment you could have, the fulfillment you could have. And it's unrealistic also. I mean, how many people do you know, Desiree, um, and that we probably both know, who are perfectionists when it comes to like romantic relationships or like anything in that realm? And it ends up creating the problems itself. Like that sort of like perfectionism is what creates an issue because it's yeah. unrealistic. It's un- unobtainable. It's like you literally, it's, it's just like that need to be perfect just like sucks the life out of like so many other realms of your life. And like, it's just like, it's, it's a never ending cat and mouse game. You're never going to get it. It's always going to be that thing that's on the fly that you will never be able to catch midair like ever. And Uh yeah. And I feel like there is a part of me that does think that, um, the want to do better and to be better is truly the human condition. But I think what you said earlier, Jade, when you were like, it's like, okay, I understand that, like, okay, yeah, I go to the gym. I want to do better. I want to move, you know, keep pushing myself and pu- keep pushing myself. But I have to do it in a realistic sense. Like, I can't yeah. now make this thing, going to the gym, which is supposed to be an ex- enjoyable experience, into, like, literally a hellscape on yeah, Earth. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's like, as though I have, like, somewhere, someone there screaming at me. Yeah. You know? The funny thing is, there is. And it's yourself. You. It's literally it's you. It's you. I had this really big like revelation moment a few months ago. Um, I followed the advice of my unendingly wise little sister, Quinn. She was recounting a time, and I hope she's okay with me um, telling this, but she was recounting a time where she was very stressed about a test or a project or something, you know, school related. And she was just having like anxiety, you know, visceral anxiety over it. Yeah. And she had this moment where she just, stopped, took a pause and said to herself, like, I will not yell at you if we do not do well on this test. I will not be mean to you if we do not do well on this test. And she felt, she said she felt her inner self take a deep breath. And I heard that story. I thought it was very moving. I thought it was very powerful. And I now try my best when I catch myself in these moments to say that where I say like, I'm not going to hurt you, Jade. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. If you, you know, don't do this or don't get that or don't, you know, do the best you've ever done at this or whatever, I just tell myself, like, I'm not going to hurt you. It's okay. Yeah. And I can feel 
some like little piece inside of me relaxing. Yeah. And it's when it's when you realize like we're all living our lives feeling so afraid of some, you know, like I said earlier, dictator, some like really evil boss who's setting all these crazy standards and we're so resentful of it. We're like, why do I feel all of this? And it's coming from the call is coming from inside yeah. the house. It's, it's oh my god. Us. It is it's so us and ugh. you do at times owe yourself you owe yourself that moment of telling yourself, just trying it guys. Like even like listening right now, me, me preaching, even if you don't think this applies <laughs> like to this, you, like new age Christian, like yeah. church that we've created. Yeah. <laughs> even if you think this does not apply to you, just try, take a moment. Okay. And just tell yourself like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to hurt you. Like I actually think we're doing pretty okay. So yeah. If you actively, Say it to yourself. And it sounds so stupid. I know like a lot of people are like, I'm not going to do that. If you take the minute and do you that, should. you absolutely you will should. feel it. I promise. Yeah. I promise. I actually did that. I did that with myself um, last weekend. So literally that was just like Saturday. I had a moment where like, it was like a sort of like panic attacky kind of thing over something very stupid when I look back on it. And yeah. literally like being there to be like, it's okay. Like this thing is okay. You usually go to a friend to have that friend tell you it's okay. You're going to survive. Mm-hmm. This is, this is fine. You go to your parents or wherever, whatever, you know, support system you have in your life. Like it actually saves so much time. Um, and also it's just way more efficient if you also have that sort of mechanism within you to be like, wait, actually yeah. it's okay. This thing is, even yeah. if the worst happens, like I'm still going to be Okay. And I'm not yeah. going to beat myself up for failing or for, mm-hmm. you know, making a mistake. Like, my God, like, we're all going to do it. Yeah. It's, it's just going to happen, you know? Yeah, because that's really who, I mean, I would say most of us are most scared of and we don't even realize. We are the yeah. most scared of our own wrath. And that that's why, really, ultimately, when it comes to, like, the concept of hustling for your self-worth and all of that, you think that you can feel worthy and you think you can feel loved if you accomplish a certain a certain amount of things or a certain set of things. Um, and you think that just by doing those things, people around you will praise you enough that you feel finally loved and accepted and worthy. Yeah. But it's so funny because you actually don't want it from them. You don't want it from the people around you. You don't want it from your teachers, your parents, your significant others, your friends, like strangers. It's not really what you're looking for. The person you are probably dying to hear it from is you. Just you to say, I'm really proud of you for doing that. I'm really proud of myself for doing that. I'm giving myself a pat on the back. Because when was the last time you really did that? When was the last time you complimented yourself? When was the last time? What? When was, you know what? You know, you know what? (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say. (laughs) (laughs) The new age Christian group. Turn to your, turn to yourself and say. Yes. You tell say tell the tell yourself the things that you've been dying to hear yeah. from somebody else. Like literally tell yourself those things yeah. because that's actually it's so indicative of what you've been missing in terms of like the inner dialogue that you have mm-hmm. with yourself. Obviously, you know, you wake up every day and it's you and you. Yeah. It's you and you every single day. You cannot escape that bitch. I swear to God, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what another day? Yeah. <laughs> with, with literally like this like inner monologue. But like, I feel like it's, it is, it is just so helpful to be able to like speak to yourself and be like, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm not going to be perfect. And also be real with yourself and know that you don't actually want to be perfect. If you got everything that you wanted, if you live this clinical generic, uh, you know, perfect lifestyle at the end of the day, you're going to sit down and be like, Mm -hmm. what the hell am I doing? 
Yeah. So give yourself this, the, the self-acceptance or at least try to make an effort to because every little bit counts towards like that self-worth that yeah. you have within you. And yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the power you, you have would really be derived from being imperfect, being very authentic and connected with people as a result of that, being yeah. um, just doing things because you care about them, working hard because you care about them, not because you're hoping to hear something or get a specific result. Um, that's when you really start to live a good life. And yeah, it's kind of an, it's kind of an ugly thing to do. Like it's really difficult, at least for me to think, what am I doing these things for? And to be honest about it, that's a Mm -hmm. very difficult, um, very difficult thing. And for me, that's why only just now am I capable of chipping away at like the supreme habit of perfectionism that I've had for years is because I'm finally getting brave enough to admit to the reason I want to do things. Sometimes it's really awful. Sometimes it's like, oh, do I really want to do well at that you know, piece of work because I care about the work or because I want someone to tell me I'm smart or I want someone to tell me good job? Yeah. And it's really scary to look yourself in the eye and be like, oh, that might be a little superficial of me. That might be a little uh, kind of like, I might have internalized some really bad stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's really difficult to do, but it is also the most liberating thing in the world when you can tell yourself those things because you finally understand what it is you're looking for. So I guess, I would guess that what we're saying here is that uh, perfectionism is the is a killer of joy. It's a killer of passion. It's a killer of a good life. And that a big... Creativity, yeah, individuality. Everything good. All of it. And that an, a yeah. huge antidote to it or the multiple antidotes we would have, the remedies we've prepared that you can buy now for $9.99 a pop. For the um, small price. Small, small yeah, price. Small price. Small <laughs> price of $9.99 and also a lock of your hair. No yes. reason. We have plans. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be gratitude, being grateful for what you do have, a f- self-affirmative and... Um, honesty probably being really honest being really really honest with yourself and you know I think people tend to think of like oh if you're honest like brutally honest that you can tell yourself the cold hard facts yeah but also like you can be honest with yourself and be like actually you're really good at this and yeah. you handled that situation last week really really amazingly and look at you you got yeah. like you know you've you've hit a goal for the week or like yeah. you know you can say the truth in like a positive light as well yeah, which we're so scared to do for some reason. Like we're, we're so terrified scared to admit, of that. Yeah. I think I did a good job on that because we're yeah. horrified that someone else is going to come and tell us we didn't and that they're going to be right. But who yeah. cares? If you think you did a good job, you did a good job. And you yep. know what? I think that we should force everyone to sit in silence here. I would like yes. everyone to give themselves a little compliment because if yeah. you are struggling with perfectionism, I guarantee you are not complimenting yourself enough for no. real true things. Think about it right now as I'm talking, as I'm rambling. Think about one thing you really like about yourself, a quality you have, a trait you have, something you've done recently, something you just think you like. It's a good part of you. And we're going to sit here and we're going to be quiet and you're going to compliment yourself. Or if that's too hard for you, why don't you thank yourself for getting you through life thus far? Because it really is yeah, up to you. Just it's been up to you. you. Just yeah. tell yourself thank you or give yourself a compliment. We'll wait. We'll wait.
If you're not doing, if you're like just sitting here I and not doing it, like God, we will wait. We will wait. wait. It was, oh, so now all three of us are sitting in silence. Imagine that. Someone better do something. <laughs> yeah, someone better do something because you're making it really awkward. <laughs> really, awkward really awkward, actually. Yeah. 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 So I hope you said it. I hope you said it. I hope you said nice. it, yeah. It'd be yeah, really yeah. lame. <laughs> if you did it, yeah, it would actually be really it? lame. We just oh. took a whole chunk of time for you. <laughs> out of our busy schedules out of our busy <laughs> iconic podcasting schedules yeah anyways y'all perfectionism let's perfectionism. mix it let's be whimsical and imperfect yeah. this year and have some Absolutely. fun good lord it's about time yep yeah you know just put put down the weird put down the weird stipulations you have on yourself They're, yeah they, they are weird 2023 is all about yes the whimsical nature whimsical <laughs> this is i'm actually being so yeah, being so serious. Like my goal yeah, for twenty twenty three is whimsy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you whimsy. know what? Whimsy twenty twenty three. We are programmed to be serious. So it's like if I allow myself to be whimsical, it's only gonna put me to a normal point. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. a normal point of having It's just fun. gonna make it's gonna equalize yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Whimsy, welcome. Whimsy twenty twenty three. It's our political platform. Absolutely. Our new age church. The yeah, church of whimsy twenty twenty three. The Church of Whimsy. Welcome, welcome. You guys have listened to a sermon from the Church of Whimsy. Hell yes. That's a great episode title. The Church of the Whimsy. The Church of Whimsy. Wow. <laughs> Look out for next week, y'all. It might just yeah, be. Yeah, it might be. Um, well, I think we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Um, uh, this was fun. Thanks for joining this was us fun. today. Yeah, this was fun. This was emotional. It was emotional. Um, and, you know... Like, I know we used a lot of you, but we, and we've talked about this before. We're talking to ourselves as well. We're talking, as yeah, we talk literally. As I'm saying you, I'm literally saying me. Yeah. Me, yeah. So yeah. honestly, like, you are not alone if you are dealing with, like, very stifling and awful feelings of perfectionism that make you, you know, question your self-worth or make you work too hard or put your, you know, like, biological needs aside for the sake of homework or whatever. Yeah. Know that, um you're not alone and that you don't have to do that. And that we are also on journeys of undoing those sorts of habits ourselves. So yeah, you, you do not have to walk that path in isolation. Yeah. We're in this together and we're all going to figure it out together. So at the church of whimsy, we do believe that we are all in it together. So yeah, Yeah. for better or for worse. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Anyways, if you want to hear us being very imperfect, you can always tune in on a Monday um, to our show. It goes up Every wherever Monday. you listen to your podcasts. And what else should they do, Desiree? They should also visit our Instagram. The handle actually is tincannular.podcast. And you can find yeah. all of our cool posts on there. You know, sometimes we actually put in a lot of effort in, in, in our posts. So, you know, show it some love. Give us a like. Drop Please. us a line as well. Like, send us yeah. a DM. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, and I, oh, 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 I do, I would like to close out the perfectionism episode with something a, a listener sent to us about perfectionism. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's also highlights you guys that you can, um, submit to us about whatever the topic of the week is. And I would say that here's, here's what one of our listeners said. They said, perfectionism to me is about someone that is unwilling to make any type of mistake. And therefore, they do not take any risks or opportunities if they think they can fail. 
And that means growth can be hindered because perfection makes us Oh. So, if you want to be like that listener and share your infinite wisdom and beautiful, beautiful verbiage, um, get on Instagram. Give us a little, little follow. A little follow, a little DM. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay, you guys. Whoa, what was that? Okay, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long episode. Yeah. Okay, you guys. <laughs> have a great, great rest of your week. Yeah. Much love. Always and forever. Absolutely. And we'll see you guys next week. Mwah. Bye.